0: Section five of Little Journeys to the Homes of American Statesmen. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Little Journeys to the Homes of American Statesmen by Elbert Hubbard. Section five, part two. Benjamin Franklin. Franklin was now well in the way of prosperity age twenty-four with a little printing business plans plus and ambitions to spare he had had his little flinging life and had done various things of which he was ashamed and the foolish things that deborah had done were no worse than those of which he had been guilty so he called on her and they talked it over and made honest confessions that are good for the soul the potter disappeared no one knew where some said he was dead but benjamin and deborah did not wear mourning They took rumor's word for it and thanked God and went to a church and were married. Deborah brought to the firm a very small dowry, and Benjamin contributed a bright baby boy, aged two years, captured no one knows just where. This boy was William Franklin, who grew up into a very excellent man, and the worst that can be said of him is that he became governor of New Jersey. He loved and respected his father and called Deborah mother and loved her very much and she was worthy of all love and ever treated him with tenderness and gentlest considerate care possibly a blot on the scutcheon may in the working of god's providence not always be a dire misfortune for it sometimes has the effect of binding broken hearts as nothing else can as a cicatrix toughens the fibre deborah had not much education but she had good sturdy common sense which is better if you are forced to make choice She set herself to help her husband in every way possible, and so far as I know, never sighed for one of those things you call a career. She even worked in the printing office, folding, stitching, and doing up bundles. Long years afterward, when Franklin was ambassador of the American colonies in France, he told with pride that the clothes he wore were spun, woven, cut out, and made into garments, all by his wife's own hands franklin's love for deborah was very steadfast together they became rich and respected won world-wide fame and honors came that way such as no american before or since has ever received and when i say god bless all good women who help men do their work i simply repeat the words once used by benjamin franklin when he had deborah in mind when franklin was forty-two he had accumulated a fortune of seventy five thousand dollars It gave him an income of about $4,000 a year, which he said was all he wanted, so he sold out his business, intending to devote his entire energies to the study of science and languages. He had lived just one half his days, and had he then passed out, his life could have been summed up as one of the most useful that ever had been lived. He had founded and been the life of the Junto Club, the most sensible and beneficent club of which I ever heard the series of questions asked at every meeting of the Junto so mirror the life and habit of thought of Franklin that we had better glance at a few of them. 1. Have you read over these queries this morning in order to consider what you might have to offer the Junto, touching any one of them? 2. Have you met with anything in the author you last read, remarkable or suitable, to be communicated to the Junto, particularly in history, morality, poetry physics travels mechanical arts or other parts of knowledge three do you know of a fellow citizen who has lately done a worthy action deserving praise and imitation or who has lately committed an error proper for us to be warned against and avoid four what unhappy effects of intemperance have you lately observed or heard of imprudence of passion or of any other vice or folly Five what happy effects of temperance, of prudence, of moderation, or of any other virtue? 6. Do you think of anything at present in which the members of the Junto may be serviceable to mankind, to their country, to their friends, or to themselves? 7. Hath any deserving stranger arrived in town since last meeting that you have heard of? And what have you heard or observed of his character, or merits? And whether, think you, it lies in the power Of the junto to oblige him or encourage him as he deserves. Eight. Do you know of any deserving young beginner lately set up whom it lies in the power of the junto in any way to encourage? Nine. Have you lately observed any defect in the laws of your country of which it would be proper to move the legislature for an amendment? Or do you know of any beneficial law that is wanting? Ten. Have you lately observed any encroachment? on the just liberties of the people eleven in what manner can the junto or any of its members assist you in any of your honourable designs twelve have you any weighty affair on hand in which you think the advice of the junto may be of service thirteen what benefits have you lately received from any man not present fourteen is there any difficulty in matters of opinion of justice and injustice which you would gladly have discussed at this time? The Junto led to the establishment by Franklin of the Philadelphia Public Library, which became the parent of all public libraries in America. He also organized and equipped a fire company, paved and lighted the streets of Philadelphia, established a high school and an academy for the study of English branches, founded the Philadelphia Public Hospital, invented the toggle joint printing press, the Franklin stove, and various other useful mechanical devices after his retirement from business franklin enjoyed seven years of what he called leisure but they were years of study and application years of happiness and sweet content but years of aspiration and an earnest looking into the future his experiments with kite and key had made his name known in all the scientific circles of europe and his suggestive writings on the subject of electricity had caused Goethe to lay down his pen and go to rubbing amber for the edification of all weimar franklin was in correspondence with the greatest minds of europe and what his poor richard almanac had done for the plain people of america his pamphlets were now doing for the philosophers of the old world in seventeen hundred fifty four he wrote a treatise showing the colonies that they must be united and this was the first public word that was to grow and crystallize and become the united states of america before that the colonies were simply single independent jealous and bickering overgrown clans franklin showed for the first time that they must unite in mutual aims in seventeen hundred fifty seven matters were getting a little strained between the province of pennsylvania and england the lawmakers of england do not understand us someone should go there as an authorized agent to plead our cause. And Franklin was at once chosen as the man of strongest personality and soundest sense. So Franklin went to England and remained there for five years as agent for the colonies. He then returned home, but after two years the Stamp Act had stirred up the public temper to a degree that made revolution imminent, and Franklin again went to England to plead for justice. The record of the ten years he now spent in London is told by Bancroft, in a hundred pages bancroft is very good and have no desire to rival him so suffice it to say that franklin did all that any man could have done to avert the coming war of the revolution burke has said that when he appeared before parliament to be examined as to the condition of things in america it was like a lot of schoolboys interrogating the master with the voice and tongue of a prophet franklin foretold the english people What the outcome of their treatment of America would be. Pitt and a few others knew the greatness of Franklin and saw that he was right, but the rest smiled in derision. He sailed for home in seventeen hundred seventy-five and urged the Continental Congress to the Declaration of Independence, of which he became a signer. Then the war came, and had not Franklin gone to Paris and made an ally of France and borrowed money, the Continental army could not have been maintained in the field he remained in france for nine years and was the pride and pet of the people his sound sense his good humour his distinguished personality gave him the freedom of society everywhere he had the ability to adapt himself to conditions and was everywhere at home once he attended a memorable banquet in paris shortly after the close of the revolutionary war among the speakers was the english ambassador who responded to the toast great britain The ambassador dwelt at length on England's greatness, and likened her to the sun that shed its beneficent rays on all. The next toast was America, and Franklin was called on to respond. He began very modestly by saying, The Republic is too young to be spoken of in terms of praise. Her career is yet to come, and so instead of America, I will name you a man, George Washington, the Joshua who successfully commanded the sun to stand still the Frenchmen at the board forgot the courtesy due their English guest and laughed needlessly loud. Franklin was regarded in Paris as the man who had both planned the war of the Revolution and fought it. They said he despoiled the thunderbolt of its danger and snatched sovereignty out of the hand of King George of England. No doubt that his ovation was largely owing to the fact that he was supposed to have plucked whole handfuls of feathers from England's glory and surely they were pretty nearly right. In point of all-round development, Franklin must stand as the foremost American. The one intent of his mind was to purify his own spirit, to develop his intellect on every side, and make his body the servant of his soul. His passion was to acquire knowledge, and the desire of his heart was to communicate it. The writings of Franklin, simple, clear, concise, direct, impartial, brimful of common sense— form a model which may be studied by every one with pleasure and profit. They should constitute a part of the curriculum of every college and high school that aspires to cultivate in its pupils a pure style and correct literary taste. We know of no man who ever lived a fuller life, a happier life, a life more useful to other men than Benjamin Franklin. For forty-two years he gave the constant efforts of his life to his country, and during all that time, no taint of a selfish action can be laid to his charge almost his last public act was to petition congress to pass an act for the abolition of slavery he died in seventeen hundred ninety and as you walk up arch street philadelphia only a few squares from the spot where stood his printing shop you can see the place where he sleeps the following epitaph written by himself not however appear On the simple monument that marks his grave. The body of Benjamin Franklin, printer. Like the cover of an old book, its contents torn out, and stripped of its lettering and gilding, lies here food for worms, yet the work itself shall not be lost, for it will, as he believes, appear once more in a new and more beautiful edition, corrected and amended by the author. End of section five. Part 2